You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we are breaking the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds sexuality, unwanted pornography use, and betrayal trauma, and helping you embrace your God-given sexuality with courage, compassion, and connection. I'm your host, Chriselle Simons. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Breaking the Silence was created to be a place where you can come to find more courage, compassion, and connection. You deserve it. If you or someone you know is done trying to quit porn and change on their own, try Relay. My friend Chandler created the Relay app so that you can have the connection, support, and tools you need to change anytime you need them right on your phone. I have used the app and really love it. Use the link in the show notes to start your free trial today. My friend, no one needs to try to change on their own. There's support available now and always. I am so excited to be breaking the silence today with Dan Purcell, and he is so awesome. He's going to introduce himself in just a second. Today, we are going to be breaking the silence on how to create a marriage worth having, and we're going to be talking about intimacy and how overcoming awkwardness and really how to create relation a relationship and specifically a marriage relationship worth having because there's a lot of the things that can go in the way of it being worth having. Anyway, we'll get into that more listeners, but I'm so excited to introduce you to Dan. Dan, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Yes. My wife and I have been married for 19 years and we have six children. I love to run. I like cracking dad jokes. And I I guess I'm kind of a creative guy. I like like the creative dates. Like I was totally into creative dating as a teen and as a young college student. And I've carried a lot of that into my marriage. So that's kind of like a fun thing that I like to do. I am the founder of Get Your Marriage On with my wife. And this started six years ago. And we'll probably get into a little bit of how that all started today. But through Get Your Marriage On, we have a podcast called Get Your Marriage On. We have apps. The most popular app is called the Intimately Us app, which I know you use and download and and have. So it's a fun app for married couples. I also put on retreats and also coach couples and individuals on how to build a healthy marriage and with healthy sexuality. Yes, he has so many cool apps. In fact, I didn't even know how many apps you had until I was looking into your website more fully. I was so impressed with the amount of apps that you have, but also the broad range from Intimately Us, which is such an awesome app used for, it's just a great place. I love going there to get questions, to ask my husband on date night, because sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm done talking about the same six things that we talk about every date night, but you have such a great list of questions in there but also games and just different fun things. It's such a fun app. But I love also your your texting app. And I can't remember what Just it's Between it. Us. Just Between Us. Yes, big fan of that one as well. And then I didn't know that you had an app about pornography, overcoming pornography. Which one's that? Yes. What's that yeah, called? It's called Life After Pornography. And I've teamed up with Dr. Cameron Staley, who's an expert in this field about how to overcome pornography use and everything like that. So that's a that's a really fun, very in-depth app for anyone who's ever struggled or wants to overcome pornography for good. 
Oh man, I feel like we could spend a whole podcast just talking about your different apps. What uh-huh. I liked about <laughs> that, about your overcoming pornography app is mm-hmm. that it was focused on mindfulness from what I saw. I haven't downloaded exactly. it yet, but I'm going to check it out. And I uh-huh. really love that because I think oftentimes when we have things in our life, whether it's pornography or like a food addiction or a social media addiction or a substance abuse addiction, like any of those things, it's often coming from a place of we were wanting to escape and to avoid rather than be present in our experience. So I love that it's mindfulness focused. Right. So, so cool. So cool. So all of these things are so great for the world and we definitely, I will, I will link all of these things in our show notes Mm -hmm. listeners so that you can just, find them for yourself because they're awesome. All of his apps and especially his podcast. He's got some really great stuff, but I want to jump into our, into our topic today, which is creating a marriage worth having and part of marriage and part of a marriage worth having is sex. But has there ever been a time in your life when talking about sex or maybe even the thought of building an, uh, an app centered around sex felt like the most awkward thing in the world? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's absolutely. So like when my wife and I were dating, getting serious and when the topic of sexual intimacy and any like hint kind of came up, we're both so shy about it. We didn't really talk about it. We'd like kind of steer the conversation the other way. And that part of it's like thinking that was the right thing to do, just not knowing any better. So I remember like two weeks before Um, we're getting married. And I had an interview with my bishop and I told him like, Bishop, I can't help, but I just, I just have sexual thoughts about my wife, about my soon to be wife, you know, like help me. Like this isn't worthy of me. I'm not supposed to be doing it. He looked at me. It's like, kind of like you're weird, but it's like, (laughs) now you got to understand (laughs) Bishop. He's like the, the stereotypical accountant personality, like Mm. not a lot of personality. Gotcha. A wonderful guy. And he looks at me, he's like, oh, yeah, well, I fantasize about my wife all the time. <laughs> my jaw dropped. Like, really? <laughs> You're allowed to do that? That's okay? And anyway, he's like, oh, I'm glad you're having these fantasies. That's normal. And so I walked out of his office kind of confused because I thought it was wrong to have sexual desires and thoughts and things because I'm not married yet or whatever. It's so under wraps, right? I had so much anxiety about everything. And here he is saying like, hey congratulations, you're normal, and this is what you're supposed to experience. So so that was kind of a breath of fresh air. I think our wedding night was wonderful. We had such a, a great day, a great wedding, and sex was so new to us. And of course, we didn't talk about it beforehand, what would happen. But part of it, part of what made it funny and interesting was just my expectations didn't meet reality. For me, for example, all the love songs talk about you're supposed to be making love all night long. Right. So, <laughs> and I, it didn't happen all night long. My, my body doesn't function that way. And I thought right. there's got to be something wrong with me. So that was kind of awkward. But talking about it was awkward. Like, how do I talk about this? Because also my wife has just about the same level of experience as me, aka zero. So kind of like fumbling through this together. I remember a few weeks after we were married, I wanted to like get some answers, but I had no one to turn to. I didn't know if it was even okay to ask these questions. 
but I can be a pretty sneaky guy. So I thought I was, I was a university student. So I went to like the library and in the search system, I typed like sex. It was probably the first time I typed that word out loud like that. (laughs) (laughs) Type out loud. That's funny to say. Like type that, like (laughs) my heart's thumping, like uh, what's going to come up here, right? (laughs) It probably felt really loud. Yes, exactly. You're probably blushing as you were typing it. It Exactly. Yeah. No one sees what I'm typing (laughs) on the screen. But my curiosity drew me in like, what, what can this library offer? And one of the first results was like a textbook on human sexuality. And like, aha, that's it. That will help me. <laughs> so I wrote down the call number and I go to that section of the library. And it's like on the third floor. And my I get there and no one else is there, thank goodness. <laughs> my eyes shift to the left and right, make sure no one's looking at me. I find the book. I pull it off the shelf, tuck it underneath my arm. And I quickly go down the stairs to like the place where you check out the books. And to my horror is this attractive young lady doing, you know, scanning the books for checkout. So I don't make any eye contact with her. I don't want her to, like, (laughs) what is she going to think of me, you know, checking out this book? I put in my bag, I run home, and later that evening, I'm sitting at a table with my wife, and I flip open the book, and I'm leafing through the books, sorry, through the pages, and there's a, like, an illustration there's a section with different illustrations of different sex positions. And uh, looking back, there was nothing distasteful about anything. And it's human sexuality. It's just explaining like, this is the 69 position and this is what this is. And it just had these things. Right. I like freaked out like, oh no, I'm not supposed to be looking at any of this. This is like pornography or whatever (laughs) that thought was in my mind. Right. Like, Um, so I closed the book. I didn't even read it. And I returned it the next day, never to like look at it again because I, <laughs> I was so awkward about everything. Totally. And uh, so I, and there's just messages we picked up that kind of affected our marriage for good or for bad. But it's like, like you hear people say anything unnatural isn't good to have in, you know, in your sexual relationship. And so whatever, but they never define what natural or unnatural is. So it's all just up to our narrow and, and rigid interpretation. So anyway, so there's a lot of awkwardness with sexuality. And all that changed one day. Well, I wouldn't say it all changed suddenly, but it seemed like it changed suddenly. 13 years into my marriage, I'm having a discussion with a friend. And my friend opens up to me and tells me about his sex life with his wife. And I am blushing during this conversation because you're it's taboo. You're not supposed to talk about any of these things, right? Totally. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so funny because I feel like I, I I get shocked and I have a podcast about sex. <laughs> I get shocked when people I know, talk right? to me about it. I'm like, oh, we're going there? What? <laughs> so I talk totally... about breaking the silence, right? It's like so this <sighs> friend goes on to tell me in some detail. Now I want to that he did say, he didn't say anything inappropriate or crossed a boundary because the reason why he was telling me these things is he's like trying to get my attention that sex is good it like when he and his wife really focused on their marriage their relationship improved tremendously like the bond between them grew stronger and they're communicating better like there's more excitement in the in the marriage mm-hmm. but he's telling me things like oral sex and like stick figure sex position like websites different techniques like hand jobs and other things and i'm like kind of like 
having sex in a car and like i'm kind of like in shock that he does these things (laughs) his wife does these things right and i'm like i i didn't think good people were supposed to do anything like i thought it's supposed to be 10 minutes in a dark missionary position and that's it anything outside of that's unnatural right (laughs) but here he is it really thoroughly enjoying a fun sexual relationship with his wife. And I'm like, I want that. He had something I didn't have. So I remember going home just really confused. Cause like on one hand, aren't we supposed to be spiritual people and spiritual people don't think about sexuality at all. Right. And then yet if sex is good and bonding has all this excitement and fun, Shouldn't we be enjoying that too? And so kind of reconciling that caused a lot of cognitive dissonance for me. Like it just, it what I was taught versus what real, new reality is just, I had to really deconstruct that and reconstruct that in my mind. Yeah. And so I go home to my wife and say, hey, you'll never guess what we talked about today. <laughs> this, this is what. <laughs> so part of the conversation with my friend is he told me that his wife in their marriage is probably the one with more sexual desire than him. Mm-hmm. And so she came to him and said, hey, you're not essentially saying you're not a good enough lover. You need to up your game. I'm not getting taken care of in bed like I want to be. You need to, you know, be a better lover. And he was offended at first, but then he really dug in and got better. And, you know, things kind of went on from there. But I'm now self-conscious. So I'm looking at my wife and now I'm wondering, like, maybe I'm not a good enough lover. And she's never told me that. <laughs> like, Are there things? Do we need to have a conversation here? <laughs> like. How am I as a lover? Like, what do you think about X or Y or Z? What do you think about what my friend said about looking at these websites or thinking about these books or whatever? Because we didn't even Google our sex questions, right? So that was probably one of the most vulnerable conversations we've had in our marriage around that topic to that point in our relationship. To be really raw and open. Yeah. And we're up to like 2 a.m. that night talking about those things. Right. And then the next night we're up talking more and the next night and we're, we quickly learned that there's a lot that we didn't know, but my wife is amazing. She's like, let's tackle this together. Let's jump. Let's dive in together. Let's figure this out. So, and figure it out. We did. We found some really good, helpful books written by Christian authors, which we felt comfortable with. And we read some books together, found some really helpful podcasts and blogs and other resources and and pretty soon our own marriage started to really take off. You know, the bond between us became closer. We're communicating better. The sky is bluer. The grass is greener. Like <laughs> I've got a pep in my step now. And I'm like, can't wait to get home to see my beautiful wife. All that creative dating creativity found a new channel. We can be really creative in sex too. So all that creative energy really got unleashed in the bedroom. And we started having really meaningful connection. And it was really good. It was really good. That's so that's so great. And I'm so grateful that you were both willing to lean in and have that super vulnerable, probably felt really uncomfortable. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> conversation and to to really look at like, well, wait, what do we want? What what is working? What maybe is not working? And what do we need help with? That's so beautiful. And right. I so as you talk about this, maybe, and you described how, how much brighter and, and happier everything was, would you say that your marriage pre that conversation, maybe how would you compare 
your your marriage pre and post and and I know that there was not just that one conversation. Yes. I would say we had a good marriage mm-hmm. meaning like we did like a date night almost every week. It was really hard with little kids. A lot of them were stay-home dates, but we would make time for each other. And leading up to that specific conversation, I had a career change where my work wasn't as stressful as it was before. Mm-hmm. So I was home. I was present more. And our oldest just turned 12 and is responsible enough that we could actually leap, sneak away for like an hour or two for a date. Oh. And is a magical I dream time about of those days yes. currently. <laughs> yes, they actually do happen. <laughs> when they happen, they're amazing. So, like, I gotta say, like, it was right, right place, right time for us mm-hmm. where we were, and it only took our marriage from what was, I'd say, good to something like, holy smokes, great, like, yeah. in that stage. Now, if we had a more difficult relationship, I still think it would have helped because. The amount of personal growth required on each of us to grow towards each other would have solved other marriage issues because we both chose each other in it. We were both choosing like this matters and we both see, hey, there's some good on the other side that can be had here. So I do think like they say really, you know, strengthen your marriage and then strong marriages equals great sex. And I think the other direction works, too improve your sex life, and then your marriage strengthens also. So it it flows both ways, that formula. I definitely agree with that. And I have seen, I mean, from a lot of the books I've read and from my own experience, I would say that it it works both ways. And, And I think part of that is because in order to have great sex, you need to have good intimacy. And in order to have good intimacy, you need to allow the other person to truly see who you are and to really allow them in. And it, and it requires partnership at a level that like a good relationship or a good marriage misses. Yes. I'd say. And, and so as we talk about building a marriage worth having, what do you feel like are maybe some of the principles that, that can lead to a marriage worth having? Well, maybe we can talk about that by first discussing what a what a marriage not worth having <laughs> yeah. might look like. Oh, that's a great that's a great thing maybe, to start with. So there's the obvious divorce, but there's also many couples that stay married, but there's no intimacy, meaning there's no closeness, there's no warmth in the relationship. And some of your listeners might be able to relate to that or know of people that, you know, experience that or parents or aunts and uncles. And Part of that, I think, is just couples living parallel lives. They're really good roommates, but not good lovers. And part of the reason why they're roommates and not good lovers is they've learned that there are certain topics they can't talk about. Because if I talk about, it upsets my spouse. And when they upset my spouse, I hate having that. No, things aren't at peace. I can't handle it. So they snap back into the old way of doing things. So a lot of marriages operate, all intimate relationships, I believe, are like a thermostat. There's this comfortable level. And so when you when one spouse kind of brings up the heat, the other one like brings it back down into equilibrium. Or if it, the other spouse gets co- too cold, you know, there's pressure in the relationship to bring it back to equilibrium. So we like mm-hmm. to be kind of in this equilibrium. But the reality is if you want to grow your marriage and grow your relationship, you need to be able to 
be willing to step up and change the equilibrium from how you're operating now to something a little at a higher order, something a little better. For example, I could have come home that night and just been like kind of ashamed of the conversation I had or maybe been afraid of what my spouse might think. And then I never opened my mouth and we never talked about sex. And we would have stayed in our old equilibrium. Or I could have like kind of like danced around the subject and maybe brought it up a little bit. And my wife shut it down because she, let's say she's uncomfortable. Let's pretend. And that kind of brings it back in equilibrium. And you continue that way. And then all of a sudden you kind of have a marriage that's kind of, you're, you're cordial, you're polite, you get along. But there's no realness there because there's no, not enough room for each person in the relationship to truly express who they are in that relationship or truly grow and thrive who they are with the other spouse, like, you know, gr- growing too and, or mm-hmm. accepting that. Yeah. I feel like I keep thinking the word it, vulnerable and how it requires you to be vulnerable. It requires you to be mm-hmm. willing to to go there, to hold the space for your spouse to think and feel whatever they are thinking and feeling while you hold the space for your own emotions and meeting each other in, in that. And, and that requires a lot of vulnerability. Yes, it does. Whereas with a roommate, I could just be like, well, I just need you to take the garbage out every Thursday night and, be home from dinner or home for dinner on time. Like you can go Uh through all of the logistics of life and have a very smooth and functioning and even Mm. beautiful life. But without that vulnerability, there's not going to be the intimacy, then the growth and the passion Mm. that could, that could be there. Mm -hmm. So maybe for a second, what would this look like in a dating relationship like if you wanted to have a great marriage like if you wanted to build a a marriage worth having like what would you look for in maybe a dating or engaged relationship because okay it's a little bit different yes but there's a lot of same principles yeah totally so So, let's talk about maybe so those same those principles okay what would that look like okay so i had a i guess you could say a girlfriend that i was dating before i dated my my spouse right yeah and our relationship was very fun lots of fun creativity lots of excitement but in the end i decided i love her company but i really didn't like her a lot like but she liked me a lot i i I couldn't see myself really attracted to her long term although Mm -hmm. there's aspects i loved her as a fun friend because she was a very fun person. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think we're a good match otherwise. And I remember one time having a conversation with her. And I could tell she was a little down. So I asked her, why are you down? And she says, well, I have a friend who I don't know if they like me or whatever. And I was her friend in this conversation. She oh, couldn't come out and just say it, right? Like, yeah. it's you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I kind of like, is this friend me? She's like, yeah. So, okay. And then, so, so that's one aspect. So you can see how part of the move for her was she was afraid to really own her position fully. Interesting. Yeah. And guess what? I was afraid to own my position too. Cause I didn't want to break her heart. 
I just didn't. So I just said like, I think you're wonderful and fun. And I, I lied to her face and said, I think we should keep dating and fun and whatever, even though my behavior didn't really match my words. Right. It's because right. in the moment I didn't want to see her upset. I wanted her to calm down and feel okay with me so that I would feel okay with me because right. I couldn't tolerate someone being unhappy with me. So I'm like, oh, quick, calm, calm down, calm down and calm her down so that I wouldn't feel uncomfortable that she's upset with me. Do you see how I'm like, I'm using her to calm myself down? Totally. Mm-hmm. And we do this all the time in our relationships. And so in your dating just check for that. How authentic can you really, really be with this person? And can you, while dating this person, tolerate the discomfort of them not fully seeing you where you are? Can Or, or are they going to lie to you and pretend things are good when their behavior shows otherwise? So I, I would say watch out for that. And after you meet your person, you're married. By the way, that principle still is in a lot of operation <laughs> in the work and will undermine your happiness and undermine the intimacy you can really have if you're always trying to manage your spouse. For example, I coached a woman last Friday where she kind of grew up with this mentality that sex is for the man. So it's just pretty common, especially yes, I feel like very maybe older generations, especially. Yep. Yeah. Sex is, but, you know, mm-hmm. of course she knows she can have pleasure and orgasms and the mm-hmm. wonderful things too. But ultimately sex is really about him and kind of, cause he has more sexual desire than she has. And he gets grumpy when it's been a few days. So mm-hmm. for her, it's like, Oh, 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 it's, I gotta, it's like a way to manage him. I need to give him sex. And the reason why she's doing that is because if if she feels like he's taken care of, he won't bother her so that she has some peace. So sometimes a thought comes across her mind like, oh, good. Whew. We're done with that. I don't have to worry about it for three more days. Like that's kind of her mentality. Interesting. Yeah. Do, do you see how that principles again, an operation where you're, you're trying to manage some another person's emotions? as a way of managing your own emotions. It's kind of like the cycle. Totally. And, once, and I feel like so, I feel like that really gets uh, in the way of true partnership because you you can't really you, you don't trust the other person and you also don't you even trust honest. yourself. Yeah, that there's yes. no there's no true honesty or trust because yeah, you're mm-hmm. always trying to like keep everything status quo, right? Right. I, man, I think that's so fascinating. Both my husband and I were older when we got married. We were late 20s. I was 27. He was 29. And we had dated a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of different people. And we were having a conversation the other day and it was just kind of an offhand thing that he said. But he, he was just like, I remember one time we were having a conversation and I told you that I didn't like shopping at Walmart. And you thought about it for a second. And this is when we were dating. I had this conversation and you thought about it for a second and then you were like, well, I shop at Walmart, so you got to figure that one out. <laughs> and I right, knew right exactly. then that, that like this could work because you were willing to like own the things that, and I know like Walmart is such a silly example, but he, he then when in our conversation the other day, he was like, so many of my girlfriends in the past, like my ex-girlfriends, 
like when we'd break up would tell me all the things that they were going to do now that they weren't in a relationship with me, like shop at Walmart and eat this and like all of these like things that they felt like they had to hide or not do while they were in this relationship. Yes. With me. And I was like, well, that's silly. <laughs> like, I just, but I, I mean, I'm looking back. I remember, I remember having relationships where, yeah, there wasn't that congruency because I wasn't being honest or I felt like I had to hide a part of me. And it was so refreshing to, it, and it took a level of maturity in myself to finally just be like, that's fine if you don't like Walmart. I love Walmart. And sometimes Walmart's the only and the best option. So I'm not going to give up Walmart. <laughs> like, uh-huh, right, which, right. Exactly. Which again is like silly, uh-huh. but is is very profound in our relationships. And, and the same thing happens in our sex. Like, where I can't manage what he's thinking. I can't, Mm -hmm. he can't manage what I'm thinking or feeling. And we have to allow the other person to have their experience while, while doing our best to help them have the best experience, which is, I think sometimes a very tricky, tricky thing to figure out, but is a really beautiful thing. And so freeing when you do find that, balance. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's the key to having a marriage <laughs> worth having, having intimacy worth having. Yeah. It's can you really be free and open and honest with this person, even totally. if you disagree on things? Yeah. Beautifully said. Every marriage you're going to have some things Okay, lots of things you disagree on. <laughs> it might be and Walmart, some of things, and it might be like a million other things. Like it's going to be right. a lot. Yes, and some things are gridlock issues. Gridlock mm-hmm. meaning, like Walmart is fine. Right. You can shop at Walmart and not shop at Walmart. You can right. have both at the same time. He shops but at Walmart some now, issues. just so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> Good, you've converted him. <laughs> he sees anyway. pra- the practical side of things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but there are some things where you can't have both. Totally, like I, we can't do uh, Thanksgiving at the in-laws and not at the same time. Like it has to be one or the other. Right. Or we, it's like parenting. You're going to have those issues too. Like oh. we're going to parent our child this way or not. Or faith matters. Like go to church or not. Or whatever it is. Like right. you're going to have gridlock issues, and even sexually. Or like we're going to have sex this way or not, or say oral sex or not. Like you can't have both. It's going to be one or the other. And totally. those are the or issues. Like, yeah. 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 I think that that's so accurate. I just think I can think of so many instances where, yeah, it was a parenting thing where I was like, we have to figure out how to be on the same page about this and we have different views. So yeah. let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. And and it, it required both of us to be honest to find out that we had different views. And then honest to figure out which one was going to work moving forward. And, mm-hmm. and then deciding. I, I mean, I think there's so much value if you can really both sit down. And this happens when you're dating. This happens when you're engaged. And this also happens when you're married at different levels. And really find out what does the other person think about fill in the blank. What does the other person really want with fill in the blank? Does the other person really ever want to leave the state that they were born in? Like all of these questions, like if you can really have honesty, that's where you can then build 
a strong relationship moving forward. I feel like honesty, like this honesty and this intimacy that we're talking about creates a solid foundation for your, for your life and for your marriage and for your family. Whereas if there's Mm -hmm. cracks in it, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And it, or it might just be parallel. Maybe you'll just keep, you know, the status quo and move forward. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. sounds pretty darn boring. Yeah. That's not what I want. I want, I don't want just a functional marriage. I want an intimate marriage. Oh, beautifully said, Dan. Beautifully said. Okay, Dan, one more time. Where can my listeners find you? The best place is my website, getyourmarriageon.com. I'm also on Instagram at getyourmarriageon or search the app store for Intimately Us. Awesome. And his many other apps, the especially the pornography one, which is pornography, life after pornography. Uh, life after pornography, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah, yep. so awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you for sharing with all of your stories and, and your wisdom, especially. Great. Thank you. Let's go build marriages that rock. <laughs> <laughs> now go get your marriage on. <laughs> there it is. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Break the silence and help us create a culture of courage and compassion by sharing what you learned today with someone you love. Help us reach more people by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or liking and leaving a comment on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue and educate on these tough issues and to create a healthier culture of sexuality. The opinions and views shared by the host or guests do not constitute as professional advice or services and do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10. We do not guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard in this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture. Keep breaking the silence.